0: Good morning church family. I really look forward to being with you again and seeing your faces instead of seeing this camera. We're looking forward to coming back to Lebanon. We're hoping and praying it'll be in June. Please pray with us that that can happen. As you know, Some countries in the world, several countries, many countries even, including our dear Lebanon, are gradually trying to reopen. Let us continue to pray for our government leaders and that the easing of these restrictions will not cause the virus to spread more and have a deadly second wave. We need to pray. We need to pray for our leaders, for our world. Today, we continue a new sermon series that we started last week. It's a three part series titled, Are You Prepared? Last week, Are You Prepared Part One Losing Your Health. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back to our YouTube page and watch that sermon. If you don't have time to watch it, then just uh, download the podcast on one of our podcast apps uh, like Spotify and you can t- and be blessed, I hope, through that message from last week. <clears throat> today we are on part two. Are you prepared? Part two, losing your money and family. Let's pray before we get into the message today. Father in heaven, it's another Sabbath. It's another day to focus on you. We've been blessed through this worship service already. And Lord, as we pause now to focus on your word, speak to us and your Holy Spirit to guide our thinking, guide our minds, to help us to grow spiritually, to be prepared spiritually for the trying times that are upon this world even now And even more trying times are on the horizon, coming before Jesus comes a second time. So help us, Lord. Focus our minds now that we can uh, have a special experience with you at this moment from our own homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please open your Bibles to the book of Job. Job chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 3. Job chapter 1 and verses 1 to 3. The Bible says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest man of all the people of the East. Job was the greatest man, the Bible says, of all the people of the east blameless even who obeyed god what a godly man a man of honor and integrity job was also a wealthy man let's consider his wealth for just a moment seven thousand sheep three thousand camels 500 yoke of oxen and 500 female donkeys And while the New King James Version uh, says that Job had a very large household, the New International Version tells us that Job had a large number of servants, lots of employees working for him, taking care of his property, taking care of his business. Let's compare Job to another biblical character named Nabal. You remember Nabal? His wife was Abigail. And in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 2, it tells us this about Nabal. The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. Nabal is described as very rich, the Bible says, and has only 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. If that made him rich then Job must have been very, very rich because he had a whole lot more animals than that. So Job is a very godly person who is also very, very rich. And he has 10 kids, 7 boys and 3 girls. Now, his kids, the Bible tells us, are a little bit rebellious. They like to party. And so Job would intercede for them. He would pray for them. He would offer sacrifices on their behalf. But life changed quickly for Job one day. When Satan claimed that Job only served God because of what God had done for him, protecting him. Let's read this from Job chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. What an accusation from the evil one. Job doesn't care about you, God. All he cares about is his riches, his servants, and his family. If you take those all away, he will curse you to your face. He only serves you because of the benefits that you provide. That's Satan's accusation. God responds in verse 12. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. God allows Satan to attack Job, but limits him so that he cannot attack Job physically at this point. Remember, we're in a great controversy, friends. We're in a mess because we chose to be in this mess. We chose to sin. That's why we're in this situation. This is why Job is in this situation because Satan is accusing him before God, saying he's really not faithful. He really wouldn't love God, except this protection. So he wants to put Job to the test, and God allows it. God allows it. He permits it. And so Satan is instantly ready to utterly destroy Job's family and decimate his wealth. So in rapid fire succession, four messengers arrived, bringing Job the devastating news. Messenger number one. The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants, with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. There's part of his riches gone and his servants. While he was still speaking, Messenger 2 shows up. And here's what Messenger 2 says in verse 16 The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, Messenger 3 arrives. And reports the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. All at once, Job went from very, very wealthy to losing it all. 7,000 sheep burned up, 3,000 camels stolen. 500 yoke of oxen 500 donkeys stolen and all the servants who worked for job to take care of all those animals and that business all of them were killed except the three messengers who brought back this terrible news in a flash job lost his money he lost his business his income his employees his retirement it's all wiped out But the vicious assault of Satan isn't over yet. While the third messenger is still speaking, the fourth messenger arrives with the most devastating news of all. Verses 18 and 19. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came across from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you. Most of us cannot even imagine the pain and complete devastation that Job experienced at that moment. Ten Dearly loved adult children, 10 children that he had prayed for and asked God to forgive. All 10 of them are killed by a fierce wind storm. Fierce wind storms from my home country, the United States, are called tornadoes. And they can occur quickly and they can vanish quickly and cause much devastation, and death in a short period of time. In fact, you remember our friends from It Is Written, Pastor John Bradshaw and Pastor Eve Manier, both of them have come to Lebanon in the last couple of years. And in April, around Easter Sunday, the brand new It Is Written headquarters building in Chattanooga, Tennessee, almost got hit by a powerful tornado. The news reported that the tornadoes ravaged six different states and killed up to 30 people, packing winds of up to 145 miles per hour. And for those of you who understand kilometers per hour, it was 233 kilometers per hour. That is fast wind, ferocious wind, came blasting through and almost hit the It Is Written headquarters building. Here's a picture that It Is Written posted on their uh, newsletter blog. Thank God that his hand was over that building and protected it, over that ministry and protected it, especially since It Is Written was launching a large online evangelistic series. Later that week, called Hope Awakens, which has been reaching tens of thousands of people all around the world. By the way, you can watch all of those sermons online. We've put links to them on our church Facebook page. You can just go there, click the link, and you'll get to the place you need to go to watch those sermons that are powerful, timely messages for these days. And by the way, We are making plans with it is written, as you probably remember from before, for it is written to come back to Lebanon in the fall of this year, Lord willing. And we need to pray about this because they want to come back and we want them to come back to preach the everlasting gospel. And let's pray that COVID-19 won't prevent them from coming. There's a lot of work we need to do still in Lebanon. So much work. But coming back to Job's story, the windstorm, like a tornado, destroys his oldest son's house and kills all ten of his children. I'm sure that losing even one child would be absolutely devastating. But can you imagine losing all ten of your children at one time? How would you handle that? How would I handle that? How did Job handle it? Listen to this. Get this. These words are amazing. From Job chapter 1, verse 20 and on to 22. The Bible says that then Job arose. After he hears about his kids all Being killed in this storm, he arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground. And notice these words, and worshipped. He fell to the ground and worshipped. And said this, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Did you see that, friends? Job had just lost his fortune. He's lost his money and he's lost his 10 children. He lost his family. And so tearing his robe, shaving his head, falling to the ground, that's understandable. He's experiencing trauma, extreme grief. He's in shock, no doubt. Yet through all of this deep heartache, the Bible says Job worshipped. He worshipped. He held on to God through this crisis. He lost his money and he lost his family. Yet he still chooses to worship the God of heaven. Let me repeat Job's powerful words. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job has passed the first wave of attacks from the evil one. But in another meeting with God, Satan suggests Job will curse God if he is physically afflicted. Let's read it from Job chapter two, verses five to seven. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord responded and said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Here is the second wave of satanic attack on Job. Notice a very important point here. It's in your study guide. It's up on the screen for you. Who struck Job? Satan did. Satan did. Who caused him to lose all of his wealth and for his 10 children to be killed? Satan did. As Jesus explained in the parable of the wheat and the tares, an enemy has done this. Matthew 13, verse 28. An enemy has done this. Jesus clearly taught what his mission was compared to what Satan's mission was In John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, Satan, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In Job's story, it is Satan who is stealing, killing and destroying with the ultimate goal of destroying Job's faith in God. And in the darkest moment of Job's life, when he and his wife should have been, should have cried together and supported each other and prayed together, going through the crisis together. In this dark moment, Job's wife speaks some very harsh words. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God. And die. In other words, give up your faith. Job, curse God. He's forsaken you. You're doomed. Just give up and die. What difficult words to hear from his dear wife. Surely she too is in shock she's devastated and severely struggling struggling her 10 kids are dead her financial security is gone and now her husband is a, is afflicted with painful boils from head to toe she can't handle any more she's ready for it to be over but notice job's response But he said to her, verse 10, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. What amazing words! Let me repeat them. Shall we indeed accept good? From God? And shall we not accept adversity? The first two chapters of Job are a story of life shattering tragedy. Job's world was literally changed in a day. He lost his money, and he had a lot, and he lost his family, his 10 kids all at one time. And since those satanic attacks were not enough, to cause him to curse God, Satan attacked him physically. But like Elisha from last week, Job lost his health, but stayed faithful to God through it all. Job extremely suffered in so many ways, emotionally, financially, physically. Yet through it all, He worshipped God. He trusted God. He had faith in God. As I read the Sabbath school quarterly this week, I read the mission story, which is always after Friday's lesson. And the title caught my attention because I knew what I was preaching about this week. And the title was Losing Four Sons in Poland. So I had to read it and see what it was saying ahead of time so I could know if I wanted to share it for this sermon. And sure enough, it fits perfectly. It tells the story of a Polish lady who tragically lost all four of her sons in death. One son at age 26 was running by some railroad tracks and ended up getting sucked onto the tracks by the wind of a fast-passing train. Another son committed suicide at age 28. A third son was beaten on the street while being robbed, and he died in the hospital. Her last son was diagnosed with a brain tumor when he was 16 years old. After multiple operations and much suffering, he died at age 33. Her story of loss is so sad. But God had not forsaken her. He sent a literature evangelist to her door. And through the relationship that was built that day, and through studying the truths of the Bible, she gave her life to Jesus. And now God uses her to share her testimony of how she suffered losing her family. And she says, God's love keeps me alive. She says, my new life began with baptism. Without God, I don't know what would have happened to me. God was with her, friends. He was with her through that devastating experience of loss. Another very sad story of loss comes from Ellen White's own life. She and her husband, James, were two out of the three founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And they had four sons. In 1860, their newborn son, John Herbert, their fourth and last son, lived only a few months. And then he died. That precious little boy, that little baby boy, had three happy older brothers who no doubt eagerly looked forward to playing with him as he got older. But his sickness and death prevented that from taking place. Then three years later, in 1863, their firstborn son, Henry, died of pneumonia at age 16. Ellen and James buried their firstborn son and their last, their little last baby boy. Surely those losses caused much grief and pain for this couple. Here is a picture of them and their two middle sons about the year 1864, the year after Henry's death. I'm sure that those two middle sons really missed their brother, their brothers. Can you imagine? Here's how Ellen White described these devastating losses. In 1860, death stepped over our threshold and broke the youngest branch of our family tree. Little Herbert born September 20, 1860, died December 14 of the same year, when that tender branch was broken. How our hearts did bleed, none may know, but those who have followed their little ones of promise to the grave. But, oh, she continues, when our noble Henry died, At age 16, when our sweet singer was born to the grave and we no more heard his early song, ours was a lonely home. A lonely home. Both parents and the two remaining sons felt the blow most keenly. Can you hear the pain in her words as she writes that? Their hearts were bleeding, bleeding all over the place. They were lonely. They suffered a devastating blow, losing half of their children in death. But look at what she writes next. But God comforted us in our bereavements. God comforted us. Amen. And with faith and courage, we pressed forward in the work he had given us in bright hope of meeting our children who had been torn from us by death in that world where sickness and death will never come. God comforted them. God strengthened them. They held on to him through losing their family. They clung to the great hope of Christ's second coming, the resurrection of the dead, and being reunited with their children once again. As we close today, let me ask you this question Are you prepared to lose your money and your family? Are you? Am I? Am I prepared for that? It's sobering to think about. But given the times that we live in, when people are losing their money, they're losing their jobs, they're losing their family members in death. In a time like this, it's important to ask ourselves these questions. Are we spiritually prepared for this? If we aren't prepared, let's, Hear the warning blast that's taking place as we speak in this world. Let's get prepared. The end is near. Jesus is coming soon. Revelation 13 verse 17 tells us that the day is coming when the mark of the beast will be enforced. And those who don't have that mark will not be able to buy or sell. That means the day is coming when all of our money will be useless. If we are faithful to God, we won't be able to buy or sell anything. The world isn't to that point yet. The mark of the beast is not enforced yet, but it's coming. How soon? We don't know. And we're not trying to predict how soon it will be. But the more important question is this. Are we prepared to lose our money? Are we prepared to not be able to buy or sell? Are we going to stay faithful at that moment? If we're going to be faithful at that moment, then we need to be faithful right now. Job lost his money. He lost his family, but through it all, he worshiped and said, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And don't forget the words that he said to his wife. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? Job was committed to worshiping and trusting God through almost unbearable loss. James and Ellen White lost two out of their four sons, yet they trusted God during that devastating blow. And that dear sister from Poland, who lost her four sons, God was with her through that extremely difficult and lonely time. She wasn't spiritually prepared for it at the time, but God carried her through that situation and led her to Himself. Job was spiritually prepared to experience what he went through, losing his money, losing his family. The whites were spiritually prepared also. What about you? Are you prepared? What about me? Am I prepared? You say, Pastor, that's a good question. Are you prepared? But get practical with us, Pastor. What can we do to be prepared? Maybe I'm not prepared. What should I do? I've got two suggestions for you, friends. How can we be spiritually prepared for such devastating losses? Two keys to being prepared. To lose your money and to lose your family. Here they are. Number one. Key number one. Love God and obey Him daily right now. Have that connection with Him today. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Don't say, I'll get get stronger in my relationship with God tomorrow. No, no, today's the day. Do it today. Connect with God today. Have a strong relationship with Him today. Love Him with all your heart today. Look what Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 and 13 says. It summarizes this key point nicely. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Key number one, love and obey God daily, every single day. Starting right now. Don't put it off. Key number two, be faithful right now, even in the little things. Jesus said in Luke 16, verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. You want to be faithful at the end of the world? Be faithful right now. If you're not faithful now, how are you going to be faithful when it gets much, much worse than it is right now? Two keys to being prepared to lose your money and your family. Number one, love and obey God daily now. And number two, be faithful now, even in the little things. I pray, friends, church family, students, I pray that if we were going to go through such an experience of losing our money, losing our family, if we were to go through that, may we stay faithful to God through it all. Trusting him like Job trusted him. Trusting him like James and Ellen White did. My appeal to you, friends, let's trust Jesus always, 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 no matter what happens in our lives, even if we lose our money and even if we lose our family. Let's trust in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Job's story is such a devastating story. It's hard for us to even imagine such devastation. But Lord we have we also see devastation taking place in our world today. Like the story of the Polish lady, like the story of the Whites, like stories from our own lives of losing loved ones, losing children, losing brothers or sisters, of tragedy, of losing jobs, of losing our money, of losing our family. Lord, we are going through losses in our life, and we want to be faithful to you now. We need your help, Lord, because on our own, we are weak. We are broken. We are destroyed. And so we look to you. Lord, help us to love you. Help us to obey you today now, not to put it off to some time in the future. Help us to commit to you today, to be real with you today, to trust in you today. And Lord, I pray that we will be faithful in the little things and the big things, in everything. Because Lord, we know the days are going to get much worse than they are right now. And we want to be faithful in in those future days And so help us to be faithful now, during these difficult days. Lord, please pour out your Holy Spirit upon us because on our own we cannot do these things. We are weak, we need your help. Fill us, help us like Job, help us like the whites, to trust you through great loss. And fill us with hope that even though we might lose our money we might lose our jobs we might lose our families we have hope of jesus soon return and of being reunited with our families and having eternal life being with jesus and seeing him face to face lord keep us faithful until that day in jesus name we pray amen